That is allowed. If you want to dance, that's okay. King David danced and wrote about it in the Psalms. Um, a lot of us aren't very good at it, but that's okay. It's just coming from inside. Anyways, great words to that song too, uh, Light of the World. And um, well, this is um, the fourth sermon in uh, a series. It's, today is not really a sermon. It's kind of a, a little bit uh, light, uh, yet deep. Um, on the light of the world. And I just want to read some of the verses that we've been focusing on. And then um, I have a couple of videos and then uh, a new Christmas carol that we're going to sing. And then kind of an invitation near the end too. So John chapter 1 has a Christmas story, not a typical one that we're used to. It talks about the Word becoming flesh. And in the beginning was the Word. And the Word is Jesus. It's a capital W to give you the hint. And the Word was with God, right? Jesus has always been around. And the Word was God. We know that Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. Without him, nothing has been made that has been made. Uh, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And then verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light of the world. Light and its opposite, dark, or light and darkness. What comes to mind? Can we play play a word association game? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But let's try it. When you think of the word, um, so light of the world, so light. What comes to mind when you think of light? If I say light, you say? Bright, good. Sun, someone said that. Anything else? I didn't hear that one. Shine, yes, of course, right. Light, okay? What if I say darkness? I say darkness and you say? Sleep, okay. Anything else? Black, okay. Hopeless, okay. Cold, okay. So light and dark, when we think of it in terms of its opposite, Jesus is the light of the world. And um, it sort of worked. This, you know, I was hoping you would say, I was trying to feed, but you know, I was thinking, if I was playing this game, I would think uh, light. Um, like life and darkness, I would think like death. Or light, I would think uh, like truth. And darkness, I would associate lies with darkness. Or, or I would associate uh, yeah, hope and hopeless, right? That, that was listed there. So Jesus is the light of the world, and he came for everyone. And darkness will not overcome it. But we do know, even from the Christmas story, and even earlier on, right from Genesis, that people like King Herod are trying to extinguish this light, but they will not overcome the light of the world. And that is a promise that we can hold to. Jesus came to be the light of the world, and somewhere else it says, um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, I like um, how they, they say it here. If I can, sorry. I think I can do it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 um, he says, well, I'll start before. This is a really long sentence. Never mind. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 talk, talks about bringing from the kingdom of darkness into uh, the kingdom of God. So giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share um, in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And Jesus has, by what he has done for us through his life, his birth and death and resurrection and ascension, he has brought us from people who were living in darkness uh, into a kingdom of light. And whatever whatever words you associate with darkness and light, I think you can put that in there, death 
uh, hopelessness, uh, dark sleep even, into being awake and into life. And so we're celebrating um, that from darkness into uh, life. So there is um, an experiment I read about recently as I was researching um, darkness and, and what darkness does to your mind or what it does to, to your life. And there was, um, I can't remember the details, but if you want it, I'll, Google, I'll send it to you later. There was, um, I remember the main point though. Sorry, I should have, uh, you know, I tried not to, to read my notes, but this I probably should have put in there. Um, an experiment to see if, if you're in a room that is dimly lit compared to being in a room that's fully bright, um, how much more will you lie? And this experiment was done through researchers at University of Toronto and University uh, in the States. And so they brought two control groups in and they had them do these skill testing questions, you know, like you have on cereal boxes where you have to, uh, or McDonald's, if you win, you have to answer a question, math question, and you have to remember the order of operations. And so how many of these out of 10 questions can you get right? And then you just do it on your own and you, you self-mark, you, you, you test, you, you get the answers and, and then uh, you mark your own tests. And for every one you got right, you get $5. And so um, they didn't know that they were in this experiment, right? So um, no one got them all right, but people who were in the dimly lit room uh, lied a little more than people who were in the bright, because they wanted more money. Right? And then they followed this up with another experiment, and the same thing. Those who were in kind of a darker, the darkness somehow is associated with um, deceit, right? or the kingdom of darkness, as we know the, the, prince, of the, the, this, the prince of this world and the enemy and Satan is associated with darkness. So Jesus has brought us from darkness into the kingdom of light. Uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, we talked about the other um, Christmas story in Revelation. And so just before we go on, I want to show you this video, which was, it kind of looks like a kid's video, but it's a little bit scary for children. So now that their children are gone, let's watch this video. It's called, There's a Dragon in my nativity. There's a dragon in my nativity, dreadful and immense. The shepherds quake, the wise men shake, and spill their frankincense. The castle are alone, and the baby is awake, while Joe and Mary tremble. Oh, this must be some mistake. There's a dragon over Bethlehem. I don't know how he came. I didn't think a donkey could have borne the dragon's frame. I don't believe the census had been called for such as him. And I'm certain that when dragon knocked, no room was at the inn. There's a dragon by the stable. I don't know why he's there. He hasn't bought a present, and he only seems to glare. He hovers over David's town, that still beneath him lies. Yet no one's sleep is dreamless, underneath his piercing eyes. This dragon isn't visible, with ordinary sight. You cannot snap a selfie, or televise his flight. Unseen he stands for every power that stands against the earth. The death, disease and darkness, overshadowing each birth. This dragon is an enemy of all that's good and true. This monster lies and steals and kills. He's coming after you. Above each crib, the dragon hovers, sure to swallow whole. Rulers, empires, beauty, joy, a flesh and blood black hole.
the name of Jesus means he saves. And he has saved us from the dominion of darkness, saved us from a people living in a land of darkness to people and brought us into a new kingdom, a kingdom of light and the kingdom of his son. Where does this come from, though? Is this just some, like, children's story? There's any biblical basis for having a dragon in the nativity? There is, in Revelation chapter 12, and I'd like to read 12 verses from there. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Otherwise, I'm just going to read Revelation chapter 12. And as you know, Revelation is a revealing. Uh, That's what it means. It kind of pulls back the curtain of of what we're looking at and shows us uh, reality, the real reality that's happening kind of behind the scenes. So picture that as we're reading. There is a There's a cosmic struggle that is going on in the spiritual world, and we can't see it with our own eyes, but we can feel it sometimes, and we know it's real. That's part of our worldview as Christians. So here's, this is entitled The Woman and the Dragon um, in the NIV. Revelation chapter 12, it says, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who, in quotes, will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken up for 1,260 days. You can probably see, even we're just halfway through the passage, where you might see this happening in the Christmas story where King Herod is a pawn of the Roman Empire and Rome is is being pictured here as this dragon that is trying to stop God's plans from happening. Verse 7, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who holds the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short." So this picture is a cosmic struggle, something that maybe is happening behind the scenes when the birth of Jesus Christ happens, the birth of our Savior. And we know through the, the life, the teachings, the death, resurre- resurrection, and ascension, everything that Jesus has done, that he has defeated the enemy, and the devil is destroyed. Darkness is destroyed. Darkness will not overcome. Death has been defeated. We know this, and yet it says here in verse 12, that Satan is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short, and so he's still fighting as if he has a chance to win, even though he doesn't. But he's angry, and he wants to bring down as many people, as many nations, as many empires as possible. So there is this cosmic struggle that is happening behind the scenes. So you can see in this kind of animated, a little bit dark, right, this animated cartoon for young children, uh, but there is some truth um, there's truth behind this, what is happening um, at the manger scene. And so, you know, we sing Christmas carols, and they have a special place in my heart. 
I love the songs. I like it when sometimes people change it a little bit, and I, I still recognize the original you know, tune, and they, or even just the, the original. Um, but we also know that they're not always biblical, right? We have no idea if Jesus ever cried. I'm sure he cried. He was a baby, but one of the songs, right, says, you know, Jesus never, no crying he made. It's a nice thought, but I, I doubt that's true. Or we three kings, right, we know that we don't exactly, there might have been three, there might have been a hundred. We just know they brought three gifts. So things like this, but they're still, they have a good place in our heart and in our, in our, um, in our Christian theology. So a couple years ago, after preaching this one sermon in Revelation, one of you, and I didn't give, ask for permission, so I'm not going to give a name, but one of you wrote a new Christmas carol for us, to the tune of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and uh, with a picture uh, like this, Merry Christmas, with this picture of a red dragon from Revelation chapter 12. And so this song has been inspired by uh, Revelation chapter 12, and it's sung to the tune of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Very biblical, more biblical than Away in a Manger, for example, but let's, can you, I'm not a good singer. Let's put this up on the screen. Okay, these are, um, to the tune of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, has a hark the, ready? It, how do we do some Hark the hair. Go ahead. In the. Okay. Yeah, sounds pretty good. In the dark, the dragon. Oh, wait, is that how it goes? Seven redheads the woman must face. Okay, next one. The dragon took the stars from the sky and flung them down to earth that night. The dragon waits to eat the child. My, oh my, this story is wild. That's very biblical. That is a great Christmas card. It continues. I didn't write them all. It says, the woman gave birth. It was a son. God snatched him up, and the woman did run. In the desert, she stayed there safe. A war was fought. The dragon fell from grace. Isn't that great creativity to hark the herald angels sing? But there's, this is... This is part of the Christmas story. Jesus has brought us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. 1 John 3.8 tells us the reason why Jesus came, and that is this. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the very beginning. And right here is the reason the Son of God, okay, the reason Jesus, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, who has been sinning from the very beginning. This is why Jesus came, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, to destroy the devil's work. The devil's still trying to get work accomplished today, even though it's all in vain, because in the end, he's going to be completely destroyed. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, the Son of God, also shared in their humanity. He became one of us, right? So that by his death, he might what? Break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And then Colossians 2 verse 15, it says, and having disarmed okay, the powers and authorities, this is what Jesus did, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is one of the messages of Christmas. Jesus is the light of the world. Darkness shall not overcome it. And he came to destroy that kingdom. He came to bring us from darkness into light. And all that is associated with darkness, deceitfulness or death or maybe fear or scariness or whatever it is, is not a part 
of the kingdom of light. Jesus has brought us into this. And this is a gift. This is a present. This is the reason Jesus came. And so some of you are living in darkness right now. Some of you have never transferred, been transferred over into the kingdom of light for whatever reason. Even though the, it's here, it's here for you to take, there are things that are holding you back. And I mean, I'm, I live in the kingdom of light, and I wish that you could too. It doesn't mean it's always, there's never any darkness, but when darkness does come, there's hope. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes I don't see the light, but that's because I'm not looking to Jesus. I'm looking inward, or I'm looking elsewhere, and I don't see it, but there's always light, and I, I do not know how people can live in this world without any hope. In fact, I, they, they, it's hard. It's, maybe it's impossible. And so I've, I've been living in the kingdom of light for, for some time, and God has protected me from so many things. I don't even know what he's protected me from, because he's protected me from them. So my, my story starts when a very young child, when I became a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, as much as I knew what that meant when I was young, and as I got older, it took on more, like probably some of you, deeper layers, and I'm realizing, oh, that was, okay, this is a big commitment, and it gets you know, deeper as I move on. But some of you still haven't been transferred over into the kingdom of light, even though Jesus has come to offer this. And so I, I, I really would like you to have that. Some of you have been transferred over into this kingdom of light, and yet you're, you're still living most of the time in darkness. And I wish for you that you would grasp this promise, this reality that darkness will not overcome it. Darkness will not overcome this light. You have received this light. You have received the Holy Spirit. So let's continue living that way because there's a war going on, as we just read from Revelation and sung from, you know, Hark the Herald Angels saying, and, and the devil wants us to be impotent believers. The devil wants us to backslide. The devil doesn't want us to live in victory. And so he's always fighting. He can't get the Son of God. Jesus is out of touch. But his followers, we are here in this in-between world waiting for the kingdom to come in all its fullness. So he's fighting. And so I, I, I want that for you too. So I just want to watch, show you one more video, and then I want to finish with a few more words. So um, watch this video. It's called um, The Gift. I don't know what you felt when you're watching that, but when I was watching that for the first time, I thought, what's in that gift? There's got to be something good. And, it's gonna, and it came back to the original people. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And then they never opened it. Weren't you thinking the same thing? Like, come on. Like, I want to know. It's going to be really good. And then they never opened it. We still don't know what is in the gift. That's how I feel with some of you who have not yet opened the gift of Christ he wants to bring you out of darkness into light. And I think, come on, what's taking you? Just, just open it. It's only good. And I can only tell you from my own experience that it's just it's good. It's not always going to be perfect. And you're still going to make mistakes. It's still going to feel dark at times, but there's always going to be hope. And how do you, would you not want that? Can you just open it this Christmas? Will you just come from where you are into light? Jesus wants to do this for you. This is the meaning of Christmas, and so just open the freaking gift. It's kind of how I want to say you know, to some of you, but of course I know it's your choice, but let me, I wish this for all of you. I wish that you could have the kind of relationship that I have and be able to talk to Jesus whenever I want and have him answer our prayers and, and to give me power when I need power and boldness when I need boldness and, 
And when I'm feeling down and depressed, which I do, I know that there's someone I can talk with who wants what's best for me. I wish you could have that. And so will you open the gift this Christmas? Do you know, maybe you have it, you, you've received it, and it's just sitting there, maybe on your doorstep, like a, an, an Amazon delivery. It's, it's not, you haven't opened it, you haven't re- actually received it until you open it. And would you open the gift and come into life? If you're not sure, if you think you have, or you're not sure, please talk to us. And I'm going to pray for you at the end that you would just take that step. Jesus isn't going to force anything on anyone. He's not that kind of a God. He's not going to, he could, because he is that kind of God. He's very powerful, and he can make things happen if he wants to, but he's, he's, he's love, first and foremost, and so it's, he won't override your free will. You, you can make a choice to accept or not. Will you please accept this gift? I'm going to pray for you in a minute. Now, and if, for the others who have, at one point in your life, received this gift, and you still feel, probably I still feel like I'm, I'm pretty dark, or my family's pretty dark, I urge you to look to Jesus and it's not like you have to reopen the gift or anything, but live at, live as children of light. This is for those of you who have already received the gift. It's from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to preach it. I'm just going to read it. This is the Apostle Paul, who was saved with a very a light experience, right? Bright light from heaven. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. You are loved, okay? And walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, an idol worshiper, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord." How much light is in your life right now? How much light is in your, in your family? And why is there not even more light? Have you been blocking the light? You know, if I took this light and, uh, and shine it in your faces, you can block it, right? And this is kind of annoying light. I would block it too. But the light of Jesus is not an annoying light. It's a light of love. Have you made decisions that have, you've blocked, you've turned away from the light? Please don't do that. If, if my words mean anything, would you just turn to Christ and accept his gift of love and light and encouragement? Remember, you are children of love. You are children of light. If you need help, we would love to pray with you. But live as children of light. Live as children who are loved. So I'm just going to stop, and I would like to pray. And let's pray together, and then the music team will come on up, and we'll sing one more song. Please bow, bow your heads and uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift. Thank you that it is the epitome of love to die for someone else, to give up something, to sacrifice, just so someone else 
can have the benefits. Thank you for all of the benefits that you give to us. Thank you that you love us so much. And thank you that you haven't made us like robots, but you've given us free will. You've given us choice. You have given us um, your image. We are made to be like you, not, not the same as you, but to reflect you. So I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would bless our relationships this Christmas season. Some, I'm, sure of our, I'm sure some of our relationships are strained. Bring light into those. But most importantly, your relationship with us, I pray. Please strengthen that in each and every one of us. Those of us who are still living in darkness, who are blinded, maybe we don't know we're blinded. Would you reveal to us the fact that we are blinded and we need to receive your light? Help us to be bold enough to confess that you are the Lord, to receive your gift of forgiveness, to follow you. And Lord, I know that there is darkness at this time of year for some of us. There has been a lot of death in our congregation recently, you know, grandparents and mothers and, and husbands. And so I pray right now that you would just give us some reprieve from that kind of darkness. I know death is a part of life, but for a while, give us Give us reprieve from that. Let us celebrate new life. And for those of us particularly who are, for some reason, we just haven't opened the gift, don't give up. Please keep it in front of them. Please shoving it back, allowing them the time and freedom to open that. Pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.